to the Bald Face Truth with John Canzano on 750 The Game. You know what? I feel pretty good. I feel pretty healthy. I've had knee problems over the years. I feel good right now. I could run right now. I, I, you know, if I had to go, I could start. I have no problem saying that. It's not a competitive disadvantage for me. Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune, joining us. Utah's in town, so Newman's in town. How are you, man? John, how are we? Doing well. I'm excited about this game. I'm really, really curious to see uh, how this goes for Oregon, who plays at quarterback. Uh, what are you looking forward to with this Utah-Oregon game? And by the way, you're in Oregon. What are your initial impressions this evening? Uh, it is a chilly evening here in, in downtown Portland. But look, I'm, this, this isn't my first rodeo, right? We have the hoodie. We have the light puff jacket. We got the winter hat. We're in downtown Portland. We're going to find some dinner, and we're ready to deal with the elements. But I, I like digress. I, um, yeah, this, give me a – hold on, though. Hold on. Salt Lake City guy, you're supposed to be here, and you're supposed to go, oh, this is balmy. This is mild. This is like the fall for us. You're, it, you're actually impressed with the uh, the level of chill here. Oh, I'm soft, John. I grew up in the Northeast with Northeast winters, uh, New York, New Jersey. I went to school in Massachusetts. I hate winter. I don't like being cold, but I know how to prepare for it. So credit to me for that, at least. Credit to you. All right. Give us an idea. Uh, what are you expecting in this game tomorrow night, Autzen Stadium, 7.30 kickoff? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I don't think I'm entirely sure what to expect. Like, this is what I know. Utah has done a very nice job of circling the wagons since the loss to UCLA on October 8th. Um, you know, they beat USC at the end. They survived at Washington State without Cam Rising. Uh, they smashed Arizona. They smashed Stanford. And all of these things have come with injury and personnel issues. Uh, Cam Rising has had um, a knee for most of the last three weeks. He is not healthy. He is not 100%, but he is playing. He is well enough to play. He will play tomorrow night. Uh, Dalton Kincaid has had a shoulder issue. Uh, he, he sat out at um, – sorry, he sat the Arizona State game, came back versus Stanford, was a, 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 li a little limited, but he's well enough to play. Uh, Van Fillinger, their only true edge rusher, he's out for the year. Uh, Tavion Thomas has had you know some personal issues that uh, that he's been dealing with, but he came back last week against Stanford. Did you know had the full complement? Right, twenty-two carries, one eighty-two touchdowns. In spite of all these issues that I just rattled off, this Utah team it feels like they are peaking at the right time. They they are playing very well. They are playing at a high level, and again, they're doing it in spite of these issues. Um, this tomorrow night just, it feels like something significant. Win or lose, this is like a big game late November. If they want to go back to the Rose Bowl, like they should probably go ahead and win this game and not worry about tiebreakers. If they win out, they're going back to Vegas. So from a Utah perspective, um, it feels like the Utes believe that they are playing for everything tomorrow night. Let's go back to Rising for a minute, because there's been so much focus on Bo Nix that I almost forgot that Rising had been banged up. How close to 100% do you think he is? You've seen him play a little bit. Uh, not close, and I'm saying that because um, the, the offense under Andy Ludwig's direction, Andy and Kyle... Uh, excuse me, Andy and Kyle Whittingham have said uh, numerous times this season that they are comfortable with rising, running the ball between 8 and 12 times a game. Now, when I say running the ball, that means either by design 
or with him, you know, scrambling out of the pocket, tucking it and going. They have not, at least, I don't believe that they have called a designed run in either of the last two weeks. And the week before that, he was out against Washington State. So they are not calling these design runs, and that alone leads me to believe that Rising is not 100%. And I'm not sure that he's not sure he's very close to 100%. To 100%. Um, but again, he, he is well enough to play. Uh, the last two weeks, he started off very shaky, which Rising does not do. Rising is usually you know, very in control, very smart, making good decisions. He has not looked good at the start of either of the last two games, but credit to him, you know, he calmed down, he got it together, and he's been solid. Now, the thing working in Utah's advantage is, even if Rising is shaky or doesn't look like himself, that's kind of okay because what we've seen now is this offensive line under Jim Harding, the offensive line coach, the offensive line has really been playing it at a high level for the last month. So if the offensive line is playing at a high level and you're getting something real out of Tavion Thomas like he gave them against Stanford, it's okay if Rising is not at 100% because you have other elements that you can lean on. Bo Nix playing for Oregon, not playing for Oregon. You know, everybody's looking at it as a big factor. I am uh, I, I am uh, in that camp pretty much, but I still think Oregon can run the football. Defensively, how has Utah played? I last saw them in person uh, for the, the USC game, and I thought, gosh, defensively, not like the 2021 team. No, no, you're right. For for a long stretch, they you know they were not like the 21 team, and they haven't been like the 21 team pretty much at all. But I mean, he, here's where we are. They gave up 500 plus total yards at UCLA, and then the week after that, they gave up 500 plus against USC. But in the second half of that USC game, I think they tried to simplify things. I thought that Morgan Scally made some timely blitz calls. He's bringing his linebackers like right up the you know right up the alley. To get to the quarterback, uh, um, a zero blitz here and there. Something something changed in the second half of the USC game. And since then, they've been good. They have not been great, but they've been very good. They've been markedly better than they were early in the season when they were giving up a ton of yards and a ton of big plays. You know, look, the opener at Florida, we all point to, you know, the rising interception in the end zone at the end, but there were a lot of, you know, broken plays and Anthony Richardson scrambling for a 45-yard touchdown and all kinds of things went on defensively in that game. Those things have been cleaned up. And I think a lot of this is a credit to Morgan Scally. Again, Van Fillinger is out for the year. You really don't have a true pass rush. And he's, you know, he's, he's trying to simplify things. Again, he is calling timely blitzes. He is getting linebackers involved. Clark Phillips is playing at an all-American type of level. Um, you've got a couple of true freshmen, true sophomores who, who hadn't seen a, a ton of time in the defensive backfield playing, playing big, big roles now. Guys who uh, have come along here in, in the last year, two, three years playing big roles. So is this the 21 defense? Certainly not. But they are playing at a, um, how do I put this? They are playing not at a super high level, but certainly at a high enough level where you believe that they can go win a ball game. Josh Newman, Salt Lake Tribune is with us. Uh, look, you've you had a hell of a season yourself. I think, you know, Utah, all these teams, they've been uh, fun to watch. They're compelling. 
Um, are you having fun on this beat, or where are you on fumes at this point of the year? You're heading into Thanksgiving next week. You got a baby that's uh, fairly new and fairly young at home. How's Newman doing? What's the household like? The household's good. I mean, you know, we're getting by. Uh, the baby's great. You know, nine months old now. It's been a lot of fun. But yeah, from a you know from a personal standpoint, it is taxing. Um, I remember talking to a friend back east in journalism during the off season, and we were talking about you know the Utah team went to the Rose Bowl last year, but that season was kind of, you know, marred by tragedy, right, with Aaron Lowe's death uh, and Ty Jordan's death uh, nine months earlier. And my friend asked me, he's like, if you could pick what would happen in 2022, what would you do? Would you rather cover another Rose Bowl team with the same type of circus atmosphere that followed that group, or would you rather cover, like, a benign nothing 7-5, and 8-4, and four, and you know, cover a mid-December bowl game and call it a day. And I thought about that for a long time. I don't, I, I don't know, John, like this is a lot of fun and, you know, Utah is nationally relevant. And if you're covering a nationally relevant program, that means more people are reading my stuff, which is obviously a huge part of the point. But something about like an eight and four season and, you know, let's go play in the Vegas Bowl is, <laughs> is, is, is sort of appealing Sometimes I'm I'm not gonna lie to you, Josh. Uh, you know Kyle Whittingham came on the show. He said we play it as close to the vest as anyone. Uh, he said we don't like to share our injuries. Oregon's Dan Lanning came on said you know why would I do that? It's a competitive advantage. Uh, you know where do you stand on you know the possibility that the Pac-12? You know they say they can't get consensus among coaches. I got three for three this week who said, hey, I would do it if everyone else did it. <laughs> do you think the coaches ever would agree, or would you always have an outlier or two, Chip Kelly, who would you know, push the envelope and go, hey, you know what, I'm not sharing any information. What's the point of that? I think there's certainly, you know, in the future, hypothetically, yeah, I think there would certainly be um, an outlier or two or three or four, um, you know, specifically in a Pac-12. I mean, you know, Kyle is interesting. Kyle Whittingham will tell you that, you know, we don't talk about injuries unless they are season-ending, which is, you know, which is partially true, right? He will come into his Monday press conference, and if there is a season-ending injury, uh, he will announce it. But if it is something like a sprained ankle or something like rising with the knee, um, it's interesting, right? He doesn't talk about injuries until he decides to talk about injuries. So somebody like me, I will walk in there and I will start asking about injuries and Kyle will not give you the whole thing, but more times than not, he will like lead you down the path. Mm. And if you kind of read between the lines and you look at him and you read the body language, more times than not, he will lead you in the right direction. So that's, that's good. I, you know, yeah. you know, from my standpoint, that's been fine. That's been good. Uh, more to your point, um, you know, from a Utah perspective, I mean, he's 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 not in the business of, of giving competitive advantages. But he is a guy that I think, again, if there's a consensus or if the Pac-12 came up with something or if the NCAA started mandating it, he would get on board just like anything else. He, he's not one to complain, at least publicly. Um, if we ever got to the point of an injury report, I think Kyle would get on board and, 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 and not really complain too much about it. Bo Nix, your sense from there. Uh, Kyle said... He expected Bo Nix. They're planning for Bo Nix, but I don't know if that's like 
you know, I'm planning for to play until they call the rain out. You know what I mean? Uh, where do, the sentiment uh, in Utah and Salt Lake City? How much do you think it matters to the Utes if Bo Nix plays or not? I think that matters a ton because I mean, you know, Dan Lanning and Kenny Dillingham have gotten you know the very best of Bo Nix after Nix had a pretty you know hot, cold, up, down, Jekyll and Hyde career at Auburn. So if Bo Nix plays. It's a it's an entirely different element to this football game versus if you know Ty Thompson uh, or Jay Butterfield plays, you know Kyle saying that he's preparing for Bo Nix. Well, yeah, of course he's preparing for Bo Nix. I I remember last year when uh, when UCLA traveled to Utah, uh, Dorian Thompson Robinson was hurt the week before against Oregon, and there was a lot of questions about whether or not DTR would play. So we walked in there on Monday morning and we asked Kyle about you know preparing for Dorian Thompson-Robinson, preparing for Ethan Garbers. And Kyle was super adamant that, you know, Dorian Thompson-Robinson is a tough kid, and we're expecting him to be playing. Why wouldn't he play, et cetera? And then Ethan Garbers started. So, you know, it's all gamesmanship. It's all, you know, trying to trying to stretch it a little bit if you're Kyle talking to the media. Um, look, of course you're preparing for Bo Nix to play, but, look, this isn't his first rodeo. This isn't Morgan Scally's first rodeo. You're going to have – you know, plan A is to be dealing with Knicks. And then, yeah, plan B is, is is potentially dealing with Ty Thompson or maybe even some combination of the two. Who knows? Who do you like in the game? I, I uh, am reluctantly picking Oregon. I just think uh, it'll be, uh, you know, if Oregon, if Bo Nix plays, I think Oregon will be all right at home. If he doesn't play, I got to think a week spent of preparation and a good run game and maybe a better defensive effort gets Oregon in this game. I don't feel great about my pick is what I'm saying. Uh, how do you see it, Josh? Yeah, I don't feel great about my pick either. I've been, you know, I went back and forth a few times. I keep coming back to, you know, again, Utah, at least from from what I can tell, it feels like Utah thinks that they are playing for everything. And this is why some of these guys came back, right? Tavion Thomas came back for one more run. Dalton Kincaid for one more run. Brant Keithy, before he was injured and lost for the season, specifically wanted one more run with these guys. They believe they're playing for everything. And they are peaking at the right time. They have been playing well for the last month. Austin Stadium, not an easy place to play. Obviously, Oregon had won 23 straight before Washington um, you know, beat them in Eugene. I just keep coming back to Utah really has this belief that they're going to walk in there and win uh, Utah 34-31 tomorrow night. Ooh, big game. Uh, I will see you in the press box. You stay warm here in Portland. It gets chilly, but I appreciate you jumping on with us. I encourage people to follow at Joshua underscore Newman on Twitter and read him in the Salt Lake Tribune. Newman, thank you. See you tomorrow, John. Thanks. All right. See you there. There he is. It feels like Utah thinks they are playing for everything. They believe they are playing for everything. Wow. Uh, keep an eye on that. And if that's the mindset, what is Oregon playing for? 503-417-7575. Are the Ducks playing for everything as well? Do you have that feeling? I'm not sure they are. But we're going to find out on Saturday night. Coming up, we'll tell you what you should be watching this weekend. Biggest games in the NFL. We'll talk a little bit more about the Ducks and the Utes. Oregon State with a huge game at Arizona State. All of that on the horizon.